This is Catherine. And this is Seth. And this is Philorian United. Woo. I almost forgot the name again. <laughs> Listen, y'all, I'm doing three podcasts now. I'm doing three podcasts. I'm doing two. <laughs> and I'm hosting both of them. <laughs> yeah, but both of yours are related to Fillory. You can start to say it and then remember. <laughs> <laughs> you can be like That's the new name. I'm awake. Oh yeah. So we uh, our theme this week is responsibility and it's it's just a, I don't know, I feel like it's kind of a vague theme. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of a lot of things that um, you could talk about with responsibility, but this one story came to mind because because I am a nanny, which I talk about a lot. Um, what? Uh, bum, bum, we need. Where's the sound effect? You need to add that sound okay, effect. Let's put it, like, it there. So because I am a nanny, which you you know no one knows about. Um, shock, shock and suspense. Um, so I, you know, obviously I am responsible for children. And I feel like, I don't know, not that I, there was ever a time where I didn't take that responsibility seriously, but I think you think about like teenagers or babysitters, right? When I was babysitting, I was like, this is great. I get paid to like jump on a trampoline and eat chicken nuggets. And like, that's really fun. And even as a nanny, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is such a great job. Like they take two naps a day and I get to like do my stuff, you know? And sometimes it's easy to forget that like you're responsible for another person's life, which is like, because if you think about that, that's like really overwhelming and scary. I don't want to think about uh, that. Well, I'm going to tell you a story about it. So <laughs> uh, one day I, this is back I, a couple of years, I was nannying this set of twins and they were both napping and they were doing the, for those of you in the childcare or parents, the sort of cry it out. Uh, Till she pass out. Yeah. The, so essentially it's this, uh, way of sleep training yeah. where you let kids pretty much cry until they fall asleep within reason. Of not, course. It's not like you're letting them scream for two hours, but <laughs> the idea that they're learning to self-soothe. Yeah. So they, so it was normal that I would be doing stuff and I'd have to monitor and I'd hear them crying and I'd be like, whatever, they're just, they're, when babies cry, you know, in that scenario, it's essentially them going, I don't want to sleep. I don't want to sleep. Meh, meh, meh. You know, they're not like in distress. But this one day, one of them was crying and I just like, Something was different about the way they were crying. And I wasn't always checking the monitor every second because, like, whatever, you know. And I, this time I was like, no, I should check the monitor. Like, something weird is going on. And the baby had managed to get the... So the cribs were up against the wall. And the wire for the camera for the monitor was also up against the wall. And the baby had managed to get the wire wrapped around her neck. Holy shit. Yeah. And then she was pulling away from the wall, so she was strangling herself. And thank God, I mean, I looked at the monitor and I ran upstairs and like, she was totally fine. She was more just like freaked out than anything. Um, But that was the first time I really realized like, oh my God, I'm responsible for the lives of these children. Like that kid could have just choked if I hadn't been paying attention, if I didn't have the monitor on, if I, you know, a thousand different things, right? If I was someone who was just like, whatever, they're just crying, you know? Um, So I think it's interesting how easy it is to like, like not realize the full weight of our responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I was looking up for, you know, this episode, you know, the definition, there were sort of a lot of weird 
definitions for responsibility. Yeah. It was kind of like convoluted where even I was like, I'm like, I have a college degree and I don't even know what you're saying. And this is my <laughs> first language. Um, but the sort of like one that I cobbled together, it was being accountable for something where there's a penalty for failure mm. and where there you have like power or control over someone or something like there's, there's a, like a, mm-hmm. a power dynamic a lot yeah. of times when it comes to responsibility. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know, I just think, uh, I'm losing my train of thought, let me look at this again. Like, the the idea that you are accepting the consequences of your actions. Yes. So, if I, in that situation, right, if I had acted differently, I would have to accept the consequence, like, yeah. accept the responsibility, the consequences mm-hmm. of the choices that I made. Like, yeah. So, but, and in that scenario, I was physically responsible for someone else where sometimes you might be responsible to get something done or yeah. in other, you might, re- so, but I don't know. I just, um, or the other, my other little fun tidbit is the word actually comes from Latin, like lots of words do from mm-hmm. the Latin responsum, uh, which it literally means the one who is forced to answer to someone else. Which I mean, which, which I think is interesting because, like, a lot of times we're responsible, like, maybe we're reporting to someone else, or like in the sense of like you're responsible to God if you believe in, like, I feel like in the days of mm-hmm. the the origin of that word, yeah. right? You're responsible to someone, whether it's yourself or a trash can that you just kicked, yeah, um, or another person or yeah. a higher deity or whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. It's it's funny because for me, I um I hate confrontation and Mm -hmm. a lot of the time I will not take responsibility to things I did because of that I'm like oh it's not my fault that way I don't get reprimanded and it's something that I've been working on a lot of Mm -hmm. like no I made that mistake and like sometimes it's just saying like yeah I made a mistake and it doesn't make you a bad human but like at work like I got I got a a letter saying like oh you cannot uh, call sick uh, without telling us because I forgot to call sick one day (laughs) And I arrived and they were like ready to give me that speech. And I'm like, no, I totally fucked up. I'm sorry. Like, I know that's my fault. And they mm-hmm. were like, what? So the, this idea of like having to own your, your, um, yeah. your action is uh, being a responsibility. I like this, uh, this concept. Yeah. It's, you know, being accountable for that thing. And I like the, also the idea that when there's a responsibility, it, it kind of ties in really well with last week with sort of like consequences mm-hmm. um, we were talking a little bit about, but that like your accepting responsibility for the consequences of your actions yeah like being a responsible person is someone who's able to say hey that was my fault yeah. I, did, I did that yeah but I also like the idea that like responsibility is also kind of when you blame someone you're like well you're responsible mm-hmm. it's your fault yep that this happened and it's funny because we see both of those oh yeah and um, there's so, a lot of shit yes. happening in this episode. So, uh, as we were talking about oh, what happened in the episode, let's re- remind our yeah. listener oh, and God. panic in front of a ah, timer. Ah. <laughs> and it's time for the thirty second recap. And I'm starting. Okay. So when okay, you're ready, ready, set. Go. So basically, the people are back to uh, Earth, and they're trying to find a spell to kill the beast, and it's the Renamon Ultra. But since uh, Brickbill said no to battle magic, now they have to like do all those puzzles for to find this pixie that know how to do it. And at the end, they manage to find it. Meanwhile, on and Fillory, uh, Elliot realizes, oh shit, I'm a king, and have to deal with it. And he has a wife, and he has to deal with it. And at the end, he gives shit to everyone, but like not like mean, like literal shit. Honestly, that wasn't bad. No, I, yeah, I like that. 
Ready? Yes. Go. Okay. So basically they need some battle magic to kill the beast. So they're trying to find it. The hotel spa potions. Um, Julia is trying to kill Reinhardt with the beast. Um, and, oh God, what did you just say that was important that I forgot? Oh, Elliot is like farming. I'm dramatic. Um, and then they give everyone shit. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. They get the Reinhardt Ultra and there's a lot of awkward sexual tension between Bigby and Dean Fogg. Also, mm. Bigby. There's a lot of sexual tension just across the board. <laughs> I mean, this is a magician. Everybody needs to just fuck. God damn it. Um, yeah, there's like almost an orgy. There's a lot going on. Before we start with everything, in this episode, this is the musical episode of The Beast, because he sings the whole goddamn time because he's a child. Okay, I have a theory that they were just like, this actor can sing, let's just make him sing! But also, like, what, what is more annoying than you trying to, like, work and, like, do the, ma do the metal magic, and someone billowing show tunes? Bum, 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 I know a song that gets on everybody's nerves. Shit. Everybody's nerves. Everybody's nerves. Uh, so... Everyone's nerves. And this is how it goes, bum, bum, bum. So uh, the, I, I ended up looking at the lyrics and what uh, what song they are. And it's uh, uh, there's two songs. There's uh, If Love Were All by Judy Garland. That was Aww, sung in the Judy. movie uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. Wait, when did he get trapped at Fillory? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, uh, it was, and uh, the, the other one is uh, At Long Last Love by, by Sinatra. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, and it, they're both from movies. Uh, this one is from Long Last, At Long Last Love, like the, the uh -huh. title of the movie. Um, uh, what is interesting is Meet Me in St. Louis was made in 66. Yeah. And he would have already we, been in Fillory. Well, right? the thing is, we know Rupert Chatwin was a king during World War II, which uh -huh. is 48. Uh-huh. So when would Martin? We'd have to timeline that, but that seems like he would have already been in Fillory. Yeah. It? So they what they got radio stations. They got they get the oh, movies. He, I mean, he, he's not stuck there. He could have come back. <laughs> okay, this motherfucker just coming back to watch a goddamn Judy Garland movie. Fuck the Beast. I mean, Judy Garland's good though. Yeah, but fuck the Beast. <laughs> and uh, in between murder and, sprees. And uh, as we know um, from um, the. Uh, 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 writer Twitter they love to put like little tidbits of uh -huh. things that like if you don't know it it's, it's okay yeah but, like, like easter eggs yeah exactly and um, like in the season 4 uh, the, uh, the the monster end up reading a, a book that is basically the story of Elias' life it's about a farm boy leaving the, the country to go to the high city like you know like it's just really funny and so I, I looked at the story of those uh, both movies mm -hmm. and uh, if uh, if love were all it's basically uh, oh, oh, well, sorry. Meet me in St. Louis. It's basically a family that discovered that where where they are right now is not good for um, money wise, mm -hmm. and they have to move in 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 New York. And it's during Christmas, and it's sad. That's where uh, have yourself a very yeah. little Christmas come from. And I like this idea of moving to New York because the bees. That's what happened to him right now. He's moving to New York. He's going back to Earth. Like he's with Julia mm -hmm. in New York, which is like. The first time in how many years? Yeah. You know? And the second one, it's a musical. Uh, 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 it's a musical about four people ended up, like, falling in love with, with each other. And, like, the... I love rhombus. Basically. Uh, but I like the four people being, like, being a bit the mirror of the four throne because he sings that while saying, like, 
oh yeah, there's a uh, well, we mm. learned that there's a curse on the thrones and like they won't survive. But we and we know like uh, uh, with uh, Alice and Elliot and Quentin, mm. you know, like there's like yeah, it is a love rumpus. Exactly. So I I just I, I don't know. I like this like and Margot's just like everyone needs to calm the fuck down. I'm gonna go fuck a, a, a werewolf. I thought you were gonna say a goat, and I don't know why. I mean, she does allude that she wanna fuck a horse, so. <laughs> we all have our dream. Um, but the, uh, going back to uh, the episode, mm-hmm. um, it starts with uh, basically Margot, uh, Margot saying owning uh, own it with monarchy. Yeah. And then Quentin said assuming the throne, mm-hmm. which I think is two way for them to show like no, like we're monarch now, mm-hmm. and we're gonna take it like like uh, seriously. seriously, and it's our responsibility to like save Fillory from the beast now. Like, they're not just doing it because of the Beast. Yeah. It's also, like, for Fillory. Well, I, I like also that. think that's something... I think this is a French thing. It's, is assumer a verb? Yes. Okay, because you say this a lot when you mean responsibility. Yes. You'll be like, I assume it. Yes. Because that's what it means in French. In French, that's right? what I mean. Like, like, I, I, I'm like, taking I'm it. I'm owning it. Yeah. Right? And so I think it's interesting because that also puts, like, when you're saying, like, we're assuming the throne... That also puts that spin on it of like we're taking responsibility. Yeah, like we're, and we're responsible for you know these people, all fucking world. Yeah, like we're taking responsibility you know? for the throne. Like we decided to be royalty bitches. Yeah. So <laughs> and and I think that we see a lot with with Elliot where yes. he you know and when they're what he's like, what do you mean? I'm like I'm making champagne. What else is there to do? And Fen's like, people are starving, and he's like, oh right, I'm the king. Like I have to like do shit. But also, I feel like <laughs> like Elliot knew that there there were problem. But when Fen arrived with like a problem that cannot be fixed by ma- magic. And like that is not just like oh uh, or uh, or uh, or neighbor don't like us, but it's like hey people are starving. Yeah, I think that's the moment he's like oh shit. I also think this is reminding me a little bit. So Elliot is kind of left behind because he can't leave, yeah. and it. I feel like this task of like you need to figure out how to help these people is like when you have like a troublemaking kid in a class and you're like, you're the line leader. Like you give a kid a responsibility to distract them. And also that, that, that gives them like an empowerment. And yes, yeah, yeah. exactly. But I don't know. It just made me again, as an educator, I'm always thinking about responsibility, like yeah. that, how it can be like a tool. And in a way, like Elliot had something that made him feel like he, and it was like, he was important and he was doing something important, but he couldn't be doing the important thing that everyone else was doing. So like, he was handed something else. So I really think that it was like a gift that Fen gave that to oh, him. Instead of wallowing in the castle yeah. and saying like, we're oh, like yeah. kicking the dirt. That, that, that is, that is something that is funny. Cause um, Fen, one of the uh, first sentences, I want to be obedient. Gross. And then he laughs and they say, no sit wants. down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I noticed that. Like no one wants to be obedient. And, sit and, down. and like you say, Oh, I want to give you a voice. And like, we're, we're mm-hmm. together in that. And then, as someone that like looked a lot in their dynamic, he never fucking listened to her, and he abandoned her all the time. Like he, I think, like right now, he he, he want to build like this marriage as something like I I won't be like my parents. I want to be something like yeah. I want to do right by her. It's not her fault either, you know. Like I'm responsible for having my ring, that girl, because I thought I would die. Yeah. So like I think like mm-hmm. in this moment, Elliot like truly believed that he want to give her a voice and he want to be there, mm-hmm. but. 
I think his flaws will come I think back to him. he does. I think that he's just Elliot and he doesn't know. Like, I think in theory he does want that. Like, yeah. But I think that, like, sometimes we want to be a certain way or we want a certain thing, but then we our actions don't always follow that. And we're not even realizing that, like, they're contradicting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, what was I going to say? Oh, going. I wanted to go back to Martin and Julia a little yes. bit because, again, in, in Nanny World, that was, like, the very beginning of the episode, I think, or one of the first things that happened is like, he's like sitting there and singing and eating Captain Crunch. Yeah. And like like, adding the piano. (laughs) And Julia is literally responsible for babysitting this man child. But like we we talked about it last episode about how Martin stopped growing. Oh yeah. Because, because of the shade. Well, because of, because of the shade and also, you know, because of being a, a young person who was the victim of sexual assault. Yeah. Um, and for many other, re- like, not having a role model. You know, there were so, yeah. ma- there were so many reasons. Like, being on his own from mm-hmm. a young age. Like, there are so many reasons why. Um, well, again, right? So, like, is Martin responsible for his actions? Or is that was that a failed responsibility of the adults who were supposed to take care of it? Like, that's where I find it interesting. It's like, when are you not responsible for your... There are, there are several times in this episode where I'm like... Right? Like, Penny is not responsible for the things his hands are doing because he has no control. True. You need to have control in order to be... Yeah. There's an element of control that you need yeah. to have. Or, like, uh, gosh, there was something else that happened in this episode where I was where I was like, are they responsible for what's happening? Mm. Um, where... Oh, right? Like, without Julia's shade, she would not be responsible. She would be responsible for making that choice, but, yes. like, she's less responsible for his actions, and the Beast uses that as a scapegoat. Like, well, I just don't have shade. Yeah, but that's the thing. I, 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 um, like, his idea of removing the shade will fix the, the problem he sees, but don't understand that there's uh, other problem that's going to be created and yeah. won't take the respons- responsibility of those problems. I fix your problem. The other problem that's going to create, not my fault. Well, you, know? you can't be a murderer who takes responsibility. I don't, those two things are like mutually exclusive, I think. And, and, to be like a serial killer who takes responsibility. <laughs> uh, well, he, 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 he does say that he kills people. Like, he doesn't, not that he doesn't mind, but like, he well, yeah, doesn't but, deny it. Well, it's not that, yeah, but he's not taking responsibility for his actions. True. But that also that he's taking accountability, but not okay. responsibility. True. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. And I, what I what I like is the moment she say no. He started back to singing. Like he's a small child. Because he's, he's a small child, but also because he... I'm asking dad. <laughs> no, but it's also, okay, you won't play my game? Fine. I'm going to miss yours. Yeah, I know. It's like uh, it's like uh, asking your mom until she say yes, basically. Yeah, yep. Uh, going back to Martin, I, that guy eats like a child. We see him eat Captain Crunch and Pops. Okay, I... Listeners... <laughs> Catherine lives on a diet that is 99% Lucky Charms. So for her to be saying this means something. I mean... When she looks at someone and says, you eat like a child. I eat like a child and I totally know it. <laughs> Today I was like, what's that blue thing on your mouth? And she was Twizzle. like, marshmallows. Lucky Charms marshmallows. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, he called me because he, he, he locked himself out of the car. Okay. <laughs> That's not the same as eating Lucky ch- Children can't drive. That's a bad analogy. <laughs> See, I think it's interesting because I think Martin is responsible for the deaths that he's caused, but he doesn't take responsibility. Yes. Those are two different You're things. You're right. You're right. So he's responsible in that he 
is the reason that the deaths happen, right? The people yeah. that he's killed, the things that he's done, he's responsible for those things, but he doesn't, I don't think he takes responsibility. Mm-hmm. I don't think he says, hey, I'm accountable for those things that I did and therefore, you know, should be punished accordingly. Or yeah. Like, what, like uh, he doesn't accept the consequence. Yes. What would be the consequence yeah. of those actions, which would be mm-hmm. punishment and death, whatever. So I think that's an interesting di- difference. Yes, I agree. And also, um, I like how for him he's like, oh yeah, curse the throne, and like it's not uh, it's, it's, maybe I, I, I might have curse the oh throne. Oh my god, and that I'm, was like such a small child answer. I don't know, maybe it was a long time ago. Like when yeah. when a small child and you're like, it was two weeks ago, and they're like, yeah, a long time. <laughs> but the thing is, um, uh, um, like you say, he cursed the castle because he couldn't have it because Ember refused. Wham, 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 exactly, wham, like through a tantrum. Through a tantrum, and after we know that what Martin did ended up like killing, killing in quote, uh, Ember, and then uh, banning He's Ember. Like a more know? competent Trump. Yeah. Oh, don't they say that? That's mean for Ember. No, uh, no, not Ember for the beast. Oh, like yeah. Like the way that they behave like toddlers. And I'm not even saying this like in a sarcastic or shady way. Like when I, when I was, I just remember watching the um, debates and being like, this man needs a nanny. <laughs> um, anyway, you know, we won't play my game. Man, man. But, but yeah, the, the fact that like he's, he, he's responsible for so much death because like the first thing they see when they open the throne room it's it's like people with uh, like it's skeleton with axe in their forehead and like people died because of him. Oh, so that was another okay. That was another thing, and we haven't gotten to that yet, but we we know right what's coming, which yes. is that the the curse essentially makes them all want to kill each other. Yeah. So that's another thing, right? They're not. Are you responsible for your actions when you're under a curse? It made me think of the, the imperial imperious curse. Yeah, right. Oh. Like you're not really responsible for your actions, but. You still did it. Yeah, so it's like this weird, but you don't, but again, there's the control factor. You don't yes. have control over what you're doing. Exactly. Like, will we blame Elliot for what the monster did in season but, four? But then, if we take this back to emotion bottles, can we say that that's Quentin's fault, right? Or what happened that night with the cheating? Well, you know, he, he had his like, emotion back. Yeah, but that was a bunch of... Ma- like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's where the the line... Like, it's a fine line. And I'm not saying... Well, I think it's the same debate. One way or the other. The, yeah. I'm just saying, like, then it's an interesting argument. Well, it's a bit like the, the debate there is in the Harry Potter universe about... Uh, it does... Uh, is is someone sleeping with someone on Amortentia, which is the love potion, mm-hmm. rape? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, and, and see, like... there's a lack of control. But, so, yes. But, like, there's a debate over that, and it's... You can't consent. Um, but anyway, well, can I say something while we're on this topic before we get too far away from this point? Mm-hmm. The Beast being responsible for so many deaths, I think it's an interesting juxtaposition when he is like, oh, I'm going to go just like get somebody. And she's like, absolutely not. Like, no, because she does not want to be responsible for anyone's death. And also like... In- Which is funny because we know what happens. Um, not funny, but you But know. yeah, but... And also- oh, the cat! Sorry, I forgot that, about that. That's cat. next episode. That's I know, but I forgot. Meow, meow. But also, like the 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 fact that like she just saw like everyone she loved die basically, you know. Yeah, and, and, she and doesn't I think, want to be responsible. Yeah. Uh, and I want to go back to. Well, that. she actually doesn't know they're dead. So why isn't she surprised when she sees Quentin? No, no. Like I was talking about the fruitator beowulf. Oh, you said everyone she loves. Yeah, she doesn't love the other, but Quentin, to be honest, right now. So, yeah, but, um, so but, she doesn't even know that they died. 
well, she saw the, the, his message on the on the, the mirror, so maybe like she had this moment well, of, oh my god, he's alive, and I'm gonna but, go see him. But she never even no, like, but it's not. We didn't, but we didn't even deal with the fact that like she just left them with the beast, didn't know what happened to them, and then never followed up about that. She's like in her own yeah. shit so much. Yeah, she, she's. But and I I just want to open your eyes to something that uh, season two does a lot, and we saw it in okay. this episode, which is um. Last last season, we used the they used the color scheme to to uh, show different places. Okay. Uh, Hedgewitch houses were blue. Brickbuild was yellow. Mm-hmm. Fillory was orange and, and mm-hmm. green. In season two, it's about emotions. Okay. Julia is always blue because mm-hmm. she's like da 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 Yeah, exactly. Because she's in depression. She's sad. She's mourning. Mm-hmm. She's vengeful. Meanwhile, when what was the last vengeful? Oh. Uh, meanwhile, when you we go to Brickbills, it uh, and even Fillory the same. Both of them, it's yellow, it's red, it's like bright color, mm-hmm. it's like sunny. While like we see, and when we see um, Julia and Quentin at the end talking to each other, they're in this like foggy color that is like it's green, but it's also foggy. It's like those two world color at the end when they warn each other. Oh, 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 yeah. So, like, I, I just want to open your eyes to emotion this season, mm-hmm. uh, how they use and uh, they codify it. And I feel seeing them doing their own thing mm-hmm. really show, like, how Julia is not in a good place. Meanwhile, yeah. for them, like, everything looks bright. We're, we're royals. We're finding, like, clues to help well, I people. Feel like it, I mean, it's very similar to the first season. Will you stop kicking my trash over? I'm trying. Um, stop having such long legs. That's what I do. But I, I think it's similar to the first season in a way where, like, they're like, we're at school. We're having so much fun. And Julie's like, I am dying. Yeah, basically. Dead. Um, oh. So if you hear a noise, people are doing construction. Uh, or apparently picking up and dropping three rocks. That was weird. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so do you have anything as far else as far as the Beast and Julia? Um, I don't think because so. Because I don't have anything else, and I would like to move on. Well, I have something about Marina. Yeah, so piece. do I. So let's go level with Marina. Sure. I like that for the first time, we see Marina being scared and vulnerable. Yeah. And, and I think that Marina feels responsible for the death of that other hedge person. Oh, yeah. You know, because... She, A, like, I mean, we don't, we don't get too much into that, but she called her and then the minute she showed up, she was dead. So like, there is some kind of connection there most likely. And she most certainly probably feels that there's some kind of connection. Yeah. And also if she had just said yes, when Julia asked, oh my God, if she had said yes, so many problems would have been solved. Mm-hmm. This is why you say yes the first time when a grown-up asks you to do something. Yeah, like uh, being the bait for a uh, raping demon? Exactly. Okay. Like I asked the children. No, sorry. Kidding. But the- Hire me. I'm a good nanny. Yeah, that, what, what's, a, what's interesting to see is she, she go to break bills to seek asylum. And asylum. Asylum, sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, Henry says, like, dude, I'm a school. I'm not, like, a place to protect you. What do you think? How do you think he's gonna, not going to come up? just because you're in break you know like he says no and he says you infected i didn't want you to infect my student and i fucking want to know what this means well i think with her mentality or her attitude mm. like that's how i interpreted that like this like i'm the best blah 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 because he says like what does he say i mistook 
something. Character, uh, power for character. No, it was power. Strength? Strength, maybe. It was some, something like that uh, for character. And I think, like, with her character, with her attitude. Yeah. Um, the other thing, though, I think that that, uh, it's funny, we get, do you know the expression, washing your hands of something? Yes. Yeah. Do you know where that expression comes from? Uh, when, I mean, back in the olden days, but specifically in the Bible, uh, you may, you may have heard of this book. Um, when Jesus, they take Jesus to Pontius Pilate and Pontius Pilate has to decide, uh, to, I'm going to fail my, my Jesus class. Yep. Um, but he essentially has to make a, a decision about his, whether or not to release Jesus or release this other like murderer guy. And he literally like back then they would um, literally wash your hands. And that was like, I'm impartial. I'm not making this decision. Mm. Like you're washing your hands of a decision. And that's what I feel like. I've, you're like, I'm not responsible but for what she... happened. And I feel, I feel like by not letting her in, he's like, well, if you like, I'm not See, it's, being responsible. It, it's, for you. it's funny. Cause I saw the opposite for me. It's Henry taking responsibility of throwing your house, saying no and no you're like you're a dangerous person that's why I, I throw you out and I don't want you in my 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 and I think for the first time he put his foot down and said no to Marina even if she bullied him like and it's, it, it's true we will we know about because we saw the like yeah. we know about the season two that Marina's gonna go in break bills she's not safe there I don't know what she thought why it would be safe there but she's well, not I think it's safer than being out on your own for sure Like that's true. I, I mean, if you've got a school full of magicians and one god, like those odds are better than being out on your own. Yeah. And I don't know. For me, I feel like he washed his hands of the responsibility. He like he doesn't. I mean, and I don't necessarily know that he needs to or should, but I think that he's just like, well, I'm not going to be responsible for you. Well, he's already is he uh, even uh, responsible for his students. Well, I mean, he's already helping other students to like try to kill a beast. So I, I mean, he's busy that day. <laughs> and I like that uh, how. How she um, ended up like coming back to Julia, realizing she needed help, is coming back to her and say like, "I came back for you because I know you would like you would uh, what does she say? Um, you would have uh, you, you need me or blah blah blah." Like she she yeah. plays it as a, I'm doing this for you. Yeah. Even it's like we as we saw her like freaking out and everything. She's done. She's doing that for her. She doesn't care about them. She just wants the protection of the bees yeah. right now. So well, I. I guess I'll go off of that. And this is something that happens in the next episode. <gasps> Spoilers. Insert. Bum, bum. Here. Um, but. Responsible uh, for Marina's death. I mean, besides Reynard. But you know what I mean? It's like, is Julia responsible? Is the Beast responsible? Is Marina responsible? Like, I think that's an interesting, like. Yeah. Besides the person who's actually killing her, which I think. But I think that's what, that's why. I, that's what's interesting about responsibility. Like, like even know. if someone kills you, a murderer kills you. We can blame society for creating him. We can blame oh, we him. can go. I blame God for creating society. You can, no, you know like, what you I can mean? go far. Well, it was like with the last episode when we were like, well, I blame Jane for making that loop. Ex well, no, exactly. But like <laughs> when we look at the bigger picture, it's never one one yeah. person responsibility or right. like the, the the reason why this even happened is rarely the the the, the result of one person or one thing. But I think it's interesting because both at least both Julia and Marina took responsibility and said, we know 
something might go wrong and we're agreeing to do this as opposed to if they forced her to do it or something like in the I beginning, agree. you know what I mean? They both know that something can go wrong and they're taking responsibility of that yeah. situation. And like something does go wrong. I'm not saying it's Marina's fault that she died, but I'm saying that the where responsibility lies is kind of interesting sometimes Yeah, where we can like a lot of times someone will die and we'll blame ourselves or something will happen to someone and we'll blame ourselves, mm-hmm. even if it was really out of our control. Um, but again, it's that control element yeah. that is uh, is where responsibility lies. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I forgot to tell that about uh, Julia, because it's not about the beast and Julia, but it's about Julia mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, how she goes to see Quentin, uh, because Quentin wants to warn her, we're going to try to kill the beast. Like, we know with you're, you're with the beast, we're trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. And like she's like, no, I need the beast. Like they're like they want to be yeah. friends, and they come at this stalemate of like, yeah. we are not on the same on the same like quest, mm-hmm. or I don't know. Like they they realize and, and like they look at each other like they want to be friends so bad. And like Quentin is like, look, I did my job. Like I I warn you, and I think that would be like washing his hand of if something happened to Julia. Yeah, you know? yep. he's like, listen, I did my job. But then when he turned, that's the moment she's like, by the way, they cursed the throne. I think she felt bad that Quentin did warn her. Yeah. And like, she's she, now she go into the world and like being with the beast, knowing that, okay, he's the target for them now. Yeah. So I think that was her way to thank him. Mm-hmm. To say like, hey, by the way, be careful. There, There's something on the throne. And yeah. because of that, like, they're going to be able to do something. Yeah. Because they, uh, they arrive in there and like, knowing there's a curse on the thrones. Um, so, yeah. so another thing that I had, I mean, in all of these various examples, is it is it easier to be responsible for something or not to be responsible for something in certain, like, I think in some ways it's easier to, you know, be like, well, well I'm washing my hands of that, I'm not responsible, but I don't know, I think sometimes it, it's not always easier well, to do that. Doing the right thing is always hard, mm-hmm. and I think like Martin... Dumbledore. <laughs> but I, 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 Martin is the clear example of never taking responsibility blame or blame. Yeah, is not also the like. There's a balance that you have to find. Some people will find themselves guilty for like taking didn't. too much yeah. blame for things you aren't responsible for. Yes, exactly. Versus some people don't take enough. Yeah, and I think uh, this season, especially with what was going to happen in the next episode with Alice, we're going to um, roll with that. Yeah. Speaking of Alice, let's talk about our break build friends. Yeah, I think the there was a really a moment that really stood out to me that was like right, uh, hitting the nail on the head um, when Alice was like, or like Quentin and Alice were sitting together, yeah. and he was like, "Oh, like you know, it sucks or whatever that all this is falling, all the responsibility is falling on you, and like let me know if there's something I can do to take some of that responsibility yeah. for you." And I, I don't know, it just really resonated with me that that kind of helpless feeling when you really want to take I feel that I don't know it reminds me of us a lot because I take on too much all the time yep. and you're like please tell me if there's something I can do and then and, and the you time, say yes and you do it for me well no not always <laughs> you're you're well, better we, now. we won't get into that now. that's for <laughs> therapy <laughs> um but the uh now I got off track but this this help helpless feeling when it's like I want you to be able to help me too, but like, I have to do it. My this is something yeah. I have to do. And I find it interesting, know? especially Quentin saying that to Alice, because Quentin is the one saying, "I'm not the chosen one, and mm-hmm. we need you, Alice." So he gave her basically that burden. 
Yeah. And I feel you feel guilty right now. Yeah. Like there's like, uh, I, there's like you feel responsible for the burden she's having. Yeah. That's, and I, I I feel like when you say like, oh, please tell me if there's something I can do. And she said, yes, I will. I believe Alice. I feel like if... If, if there was, yeah. I if think. there was, I truly believe. It's not uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really like, no, if, if there's something you could do, I will, you know? And um, if, if we go to something a bit lighter, Marco is responsible for like the prank that makes them not being able to find the Brickville cottage. And I need to know that spell and I need to know where that the cottage was. You've got to put that in the book. Put that on the list of spells for uh, <laughs> relocating buildings. <laughs> it is canon. Don't draw on my pants. Um, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that there is something about that too, about yeah. when we are responsible for something and like, like, and that's something big, like doing, to, and we don't even remember, like to us, it was something so little, like, oh, whatever, that stupid prank we did. And then like, it, to then you, it it's nothing the- and you forget about it. And then it created a problem. Yep. And, and, um, and after, uh, and the, like when they come back, uh, Josh takes responsibility about like ditching them. Like, and also he takes a kick in the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's responsibility. That's yeah. the consequences of his action. But also he's like, yeah, like, uh, I'm sorry. We, we, we left. Like he didn't say like, Oh, we didn't leave. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, he, he like, he totally owned it. And yeah. like, I think he was generally happy to see them, but then also we understand that they're pissed at him. Yeah, and he was like, kind of like, I deserve that. Okay. Yeah, and I I, I like to talk about the whole battle magic in Breakville because this story is so fascinating. How basically they outlawed magic thirty eight years ago, mm-hmm. and this battle magic, battle magic. Sorry, and uh, and and um, they and uh, Big B was like mad about that and like told them you're gonna need it mm-hmm. because she, I mean she's seen shit <laughs> if yep. like if she's 500 years old that's what yes. you heard and um and I like that no even if she was mad it, it despite being angry and being hurt she still give them she's responsible yeah she yeah. still give them like a uh um a map to follow mm-hmm. to find her because she knows like she knows enough that like okay they're gonna need me but if they're gonna need me that's because like it's the last hope option like there's really yeah they need it you know and um but when they arrive her there they still have the quest of convincing her yeah which i like she's not like oh like welcome uh, my 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 children uh, hear all their answers she's like no you got it like it's yeah. her fault and, and when you think about that 38 year, years is two generations. Mm. So, like, Alice's parents would not have known. Yeah. Technically, battle magic. And within two generations, we forgot all the spells. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Like, it, it's mind-boggling. But also, like, I understand why they did it. Yes. Because, like, if it was causing death. Eh. But also... Only a couple. <laughs> but also not... Not, ha- not 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 teaching it creates problem, yeah. and we see that in other seasons. They don't know battle magic. They need KD a lot for that. that. That's also interesting, though. When when Big B makes that offhand comment of like of like there were you know less deaths than in that year. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. It's like so that she doesn't seem like she's taking responsibility for that. You know what I mean? She's like whatever. That's just a but also it's know, a, a, a side effect of something that's more important. Like to her, it seems like collateral damage, and I think that. That's not necessarily a judgment on her because, like, she's 500 years old. And, yeah. You know, Henry makes the comment, like, like to to us, like, someone who's lived that long, we're just, like, these little things to play with, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. But, but I think it's interesting that she kind of like takes the, it seems like this weird juxtaposition where she's taking the responsibility so seriously of like, you have to solve this, these uh, riddles, you have to come and find me, you have to convince me, but also like some deaths. (laughs) But also I think it's a bit like um, if we look at polio now. Mm-hmm. or like the plague now like oh yeah there's like a couple of uh, plague victims per year yeah but like if you we look before when it kill half the population of earth like i can understand that it's not as much of a big deal anymore yeah but that seems different to me that doesn't seem like a perfect analogy well i, I just feel like for her she she saw like how many people got killed versus but less, like but less people are dying from not using battle magic that's not what's happening here it's not well like- that, for her she was like yeah but okay you say like okay three students died but before it was like three thousand by teaching them they know the limits they learn how oh, to do okay. it's a bit like learning how to do taekwondo oh, or to karate me, to or- me it seems kind of arbitrary it didn't seem like it's been getting progressively let better it's just like oh well in 66 i mean like 20 students happened to die which oh is not- okay uh, so, so for me it's a bit uh, like for me, it's a bit like teaching. Oh, like it's getting like it got, was getting better. It was getting okay. better because people were learning I about it. I didn't read it like that. Yeah, I just read it like like well, only this many died that year, but in the other year there were more. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. Like when you're just trying to be right. Yeah, that's how I read it. I don't know, but um, uh, t- now it's not responsible. I'm making out in front of your students. Um, I why does did Big B have to do that twice? She twice embarrassed. And we're in front of, of his student. And I want to know why. I, I think that, you know, part of me feels like, like, I don't know if it's explicitly said that, like, are pixies very sexual creatures? Or, like, does it have to do something? I'm being racist. No, but you know what I mean? Does it have to We be, don't know. Is it something a- with pixies? Or is it something with just, like, some people are just, like, PDA all over the place and inappropriate? I don't know. Um, I, I feel like it was like a revenge. Yeah. Well, or maybe it could be. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the caco demon, ayoy. I thought you said taco. Demon. No, the caco demon. <laughs> it looks like it hurts like hell, man. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how responsible they fucking are with those. Oh my, oh my god. god. <laughs> it's been worse in the book. <laughs> um, and just before we uh, we go to our other a new segment, um, I want to talk about Elliot a bit more. Okay. Um, the fact that, uh, like we were saying, like he he, he find responsibility through like mm-hmm. his marriage and also. Uh, understand the his responsibility as a husband when like mm-hmm. she's like dude you want to see other guys fuck but like they're gonna fuck just because you ask him you're the king like you know <laughs> but they're already fucking were they yeah he said he only picked people who were already fucking yeah but other. like okay they were <laughs> but who knows if they were comfortable fucking in front of other people you know <laughs> you know like I, 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 I like that she complicated yeah. yeah, you know, but also, uh, so basically, they discovered that they don't know what fertilizer is. Yeah, which is like the funniest plot twist that ever happened in, on TV. Sorry, and uh, so I wrote in my note, responsibility is literal shit. <laughs> because like you're fired for, <laughs> but for for Elliot that's what it happened to be like. He's like, oh, it's shitty to have this responsibility, but at the end, shit literally make him. Become a better king and a better person. So my last thing I think it's very important to say is when Penny is with Sunderland. Yes. It is responsible to not sleep with your students. I very much promote not sleeping with your students (laughs) as an educator. (laughs) You know. 
Just like tips, hot education hot, tips. Hot takes. Don't sleep with your students, <laughs> even if they're penny. Yeah. Especially if they're penny. <laughs> yeah. All right. So since I know people are skipping sometimes the uh, outro of shows, and I'm part of them, but don't. I hope you don't skip our outros because I always put a little blooper at the end of um, every episode. But uh, yeah, so I just wanted to make sure that uh, people knew that we were grateful for our patrons. So I'm going to put our patrons. Thank you in the middle of the show now. I just wanted to thank everyone that has been helping us through the first season and now the second. People like Elliot that uh, give a bit of their money and help us continue. So if you want to continue to help us uh, have the show going and improve on equipment, just go on patreon.com dash united Philorians with an S and yeah, with uh, as little as 50 cents per episode, you can yeah help us improve our equipment, such as the lovely headset I have right now that you cannot see because it's an audio medium. Anyway, I just wanted to say thanks to all our patrons and I will do the long thank you at the end, but keep keep to the end. There's always a bloopers, okay? Bye. Alright, so it's now time to uh, do our new segment, which is Lectio Divina. Uh-huh. So basically, um, Lectio is a uh, traditionally a Christian spiritual practice where you if there's a couple of steps, uh, which we're going to talk through as we go through them. Um, and basically, it's just sort of looking at what's happening in the text. Traditionally, it would be the Bible. We are not going to be reading the Bible. We are going to be reading um, the song. We're going to take a sentence from the script of the this episode. And sort of we're going through different steps and figuring out how we can apply that into our lives. So it's sort of a way to treat any text as sacred or important to us because this is important. Yes. And I think it's a, another fun way to sort of divine meaning, meaning out of something that's not as literal as sitting with a theme, you know what I mean, where we yeah. sit with a theme and we're like, where, and I think the idea is that kind of anything can be, anything can be sacred or important and even the silliest of sentences, which Kat is scrolling through and finding one right now because she never picks one ahead of time. Never is the second, it's the second that we've ever done. And I, I, I picked one. That I picked one the, before, like before we started to record. Okay, the fine. So fifty percent of the time she does <laughs> it ahead of time. Be uh, responsible for your actions, Catherine. <laughs> you want a silly one or a, fun, or a serious no, one? Serious. I, like I need asylum. I need asylum. Okay, so I need asylum. Uh, so, Kat, what is the first step? Is what is literally happening here? I need asylum. Uh, basically, Marina is uh, just breaking break bills to go see uh, Fog and ask asylum uh, to uh, avoid Reynard that might kill her because she just saw a rival of the other coast uh, basically dismembered. Fun. Okay, so in our second step, um, we think about what it reminds us of. Does it remind us of a story? Um, I need asylum. So for me, this is making me think of one of my favorite movies, Sucker Punch, mm. um, because it takes place at like a mental as- asylum. Mm-hmm. Um, but also this idea that like that was, it's supposed to be 
a place that is safe. And for this character and these characters in this movie, it is very much, and unfortunately, a lot of real people yeah. in the past, in history. Unsafe. And even to, to this day, is a, was a very unsafe place. And so this interesting juxtaposition of when places are supposed to be safe and they're not. Yeah. And like, right, maybe break bills wouldn't have, it wouldn't have mattered. We know that Reynard goes there later. So like, mm-hmm. and asylum equaling safety is not always the same. So I don't know. That's what it's bringing up for me. For me, it reminds me of uh, um, uh, Notre, Notre Dame de Paris mm-hmm. from Victor Hugo. Um, basically, there's this, um, without papers. A person without like documents, undocumented. Undocumented people that come to the church and ask for asylum mm-hmm. and Frollo refused them because they're gypsies. Racist. And I, <clears throat> by the way, I use gypsy because that's how it's used. I hate yes. that word. Uh, but, and he, he says, no, because of that, the whole story happened because they meet Esmeralda and then there's like, um, there's Phoebus and there's Valdivis and, and everything. But basically, Frollo saying no created a, 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 a like, a list of events that will unfold and result to a lot of that, which happens too with with um, with uh, Henry saying no, like Henry and Frollo being two people of power able to say no to someone in asylum. It's also like I know I just defended uh, defended him earlier, but like this idea of like someone is vulnerable enough to say I don't feel safe, but I feel safe near you. Can you help me? And you say no. There is something like. Power control yeah. and like thinking yourself better than someone else because for all yeah. that's what's happening. Uh, he, he doesn't think gypsies are uh, people; they're just rats for him. So um, yeah, uh, so yeah, that makes me think of this fun story. <laughs> so uh, our third step is what does it remind you of in your own life? So I need asylum. Um, I need asylum for me. It reminds me of also thinking your story actually. Reminded me, <clears throat> I'm sorry for all this throat clearing, guys. Um, reminded me of when I was in college, I went on this 24 hour retreat. It was a homelessness retreat where mm-hmm. we were essentially like legally by the rules of the state we were in, we were homeless for 24 hours because we did not have a place to sleep for 24 hours. We like stayed at a church overnight. Um, like, of course they had arranged it. We didn't just show up at a church, but you know, we stayed at a church and they did, they, they were like, these are the accommodations we would give someone if they came and they were like, I need to stay at the church, you know, this is what it would be. And then we, uh, and then we ended the trip by, you know, we did sort of various things and it was like, okay, you know, if you were homeless, if you won't right, if, a lot of people, their mentality is like, oh, go get a job. Okay, so if you wanted to get a job, you need nice clothes. The nearest, the Salvation Army is this far, it's a six-mile walk from here uphill or whatever. It was like putting things in perspective. And at the end of the trip, we went to a homeless shelter and some of us like served food and things like that. And then we just sat down with the people and talked to them. And it was just like, it was a really eye-opening experience, eye-opening experience for a lot of us because I mean, one of the people there had been a professor at our college. One of the people, you know, there was just like, wow. yeah, one of the people there had just, um, was just like, yeah, like I was living alone. I got sick. I couldn't pay. Like I got fired from my job because I was sick and then I couldn't pay my medical bills. And I'm like, I was just out on my butt. And so it was a really eye-opening experience for me. And, um, just this idea, also the idea, like that was back when I was living in Pennsylvania, but when I was living in New York, obviously there's a really big homelessness, 
mm-hmm. um, problem in New York and the system there is so fucked up. And the idea that, I don't know, the idea that there are these people that need help and there are people who can provide help and there's no way to like connect people. And also the idea that there is like, you need to pay to stay in a shelter is so fucked up to me. Even if it's $1, maybe $1 they don't have. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's just that whole, that that whole, I don't know. It's just making me, it made me think of specifically about being on that retreat and sort of, uh, I don't know, the whole, that whole thing. I'm going to go elsewhere because I could go with homelessness and like, uh, <laughs> no, no, but it's just because the, I know. Uh, the, we, uh, there's a show in You were Quebec. thinking about that show, yeah. There's a show in Quebec of a guy following homeless people and yeah. we discover like, oh, some had mental health problems some more were like... Uh, uh, had homeless parents before and stuff like that yeah, yeah. and like how why and how and they like actually help yeah. the people and give them resources and uh, <laughs> the way you said it's like the following homeless people <laughs> yeah sorry you with um, camera. but I'm gonna go god um, damn it Mark Cullen and Rent <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway. um, but uh, I'm gonna go with something that doesn't affect me but affect people around me mm-hmm. which is uh, in, in Canada and the U.S. right now, a lot of people are seeking as asylum, mm. and I always saw people going to the U.S. because it's the uh, like is the power, the main power. That's where their American dream is supposed to happen. I'm gonna put big quotes there because we know American <laughs> dreams happened on one on a billion, you know, and like people even if they know right right now who's on top of of the U.S. still try to go. Yeah. Show like the desperation. Yeah. But then something happened when Trump arrived and in power, he revoked every Asian um, permit of stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, there there were people that had their permit of stay. They needed to be renewed, mm-hmm. and they had like the leniency of not being renewed. And Trump said, "No, go away." So basically, those people become became pap- uh, paperless, like um, and they had the 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 choice of going back to IT. Haiti, Haiti, or going elsewhere, and they went. They came to Canada in buses, and like they, there's like this place that is known not to at the border, known to like it's easy to enter Canada, and there's no border there, and like basically at, at to a point where where Canada had to put like tents and like houses yeah. for people to be housed because and like the whole uh, Montreal Stadium was filled of like those people for oh for like three weeks and. And people were mad because, and I, I'm part of those people because I was like, dude, you 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 had a, a place there and you just didn't fill paperwork. And because of that, you're stuck there. Because if, if we refuse them, if we say, no, nope, we don't want you there, they couldn't go back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. because they would be arrested because they don't have paper. So basically, they, like they came to us and we, mo- some many of them, we had to say no because they didn't have the proper paper. Yeah. So like, it, and it, like, I just uh, just put myself in the shoes of those people who don't have anything anymore. Yeah. You know, just because, like, yes, you didn't do paperwork, but as someone that like is scared <laughs> of paperwork, and I, it's not it's not funny. Like, I have panic attack. No, over also it's like not easy. As I mean, obviously, all of those kinds of things are different. But like, as two people who are pretty privileged and are both college educated like when we had to fill out the forms for me to come to Canada it was so hard it we and English is my first language and Kat speaks you know is fluent and we still had like three or four times that they sent back the papers like you filled this out wrong and it took over a year and it was thousands of dollars exactly so and we're people and we didn't pay for a lawyer 
Yeah, we did it ourselves, and which is why we had to do it three or four times. Um, but we, you know what I mean? Like, we have a certain level of privilege that, like, not everyone has, and it was still that hard. If someone's saying, like, you need to get out of the country now, you don't have a year. Yeah. And or maybe thousands of dollars or money to hire a lawyer. You know what I mean? So I can understand, right? Like, if you're going to another country, you're just hoping that you can postpone a little bit longer. Yeah. Right? This, yeah. this like, and like I, I, I think thing. my frustration, it was still valid, but I'm, I'm, I'm I don't think you, but it's not like you're but, mad at the No, people. but like, I'm going to go with the fourth step, which is what uh, do I feel called for? Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's to feel empathetic to those people. Yeah. Uh, I know I'm in a place of privilege and I all, uh, I'm going to always, acknowledge that like I'm born Canadian and I'm mm-hmm. really lucky to to be born Canadian and a lot of people were, were born in like dictatorship our place that we yeah have. like America sorry <laughs> <laughs> no but like dictatorship no, but, yeah. our place like just being yourself can kill you yep you know and uh but like I, America but I but the I like when someone say or not only I need asylum but like when someone asks for help even if you don't understand why just to take a moment and put yourself in the shoes yeah. of that person and say like why like you are how did you became so desperate that you came to me for help yeah and like sometimes like okay me asking help for other things is not being desperate sometimes it's just i'm out of resources can yeah. you help me and i like realizing that the person asking for help at its own story is as important as me answering yes or no mm-hmm. so for me for the fourth step of what do i feel called to do from this Um, it just through all of the talk about homelessness and things like that, this is something that I already try to do, but just to be, I feel like sometimes I make excuses for myself, like I'm in a rush or I'm this or that is just to really make an effort to, um, you know, to give when I can to folks and also to just like stop and talk to people and learn their stories or even smile at people. Cause I think sometimes it's uncomfortable. We don't want to be bothered to even look at people, but could you imagine like having an existence where nobody looks at you? There's, there's a really great musical called um, the, uh, the View Upstairs. Mm. Um, so good. That, but I won't get into whatever, the actual musical itself. But there's a song, there's a character who's homeless, and they, they have a song about, like, you know, what it's like to just, like, be invisible. And, you know, where you just, like, it's like you have to do so much just for people to notice you. Yeah. And it, you know, so just, like, trying to get over my own discomfort yeah like in the grand scheme of that person's life like fuck my discomfort like I can if even if I'm in a rush I can smile and say have a good day yeah and so like I'm gonna challenge myself this week and you know moving forward to just like even when I'm in a rush and I'm uncomfortable and whatever to like smile at people even if I can give them money be, be kinder to uh, yeah. Other people. I mean to everybody, yeah. but like yeah, especially folks who are in need. Because you know what, you know people are always like. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know where that money's going. Oh, blah blah blah, or whatever. I'm sorry, but are you desperate enough in your life? If you are desperate enough in your life, if your life is in such a place that you are gonna stand at the subway all day and ask people for money, then you need that fucking money. Yeah. Because like right like. When you're low on money, would you ever do that? No. No. You know what I mean? Like, it, you have to be in a specific kind of situation. And and again, it's not my responsibility what they spend that money on. It's true. That's their responsibility. Um, but There's so much you can, can do. But, I, but my responsibility, I feel like I have a responsibility as a fellow human to help people when I can help them. I think that's everyone's responsibility. So, full circle. I like that.
Oh. What a heartwarming Lectio. Thanks, Lectio. Thanks, Lectio. Thanks, monks who created Lectio. <laughs> I feel like it was monks. It's always been monks. Always monks. And now uh, it's time for uh, the last segment, which is the mm-hmm. vase and the flower, uh, which is an expression that, uh, in, that say that in the Yule days, if you like the performance, you will give the flower, and if you hated the performance, you would throw, throw a goddamn face to the stage, meaning uh, don't give back-ended compliments. Like, oh, you're pretty for a fat person. <laughs> ah. You know? No, thank you. So uh. <laughs> I want to give my flower to Quentin to, to tell to Alice, I want to help you and I don't know how, mm. because this is something I struggle And that uh, I learned to say, like, how can I help you? And I feel like as some, as we know, Quentin is someone with anxiety and a lot of problem of his own. And seeing, seeing like someone, even if he has his own problems, seeing someone he, la- he loves and like saying, like, I wish I could help you. I don't know. I, I feel it's a beautiful gesture, especially knowing where he stands with Alice right now. Yeah. Uh, so that. And I want to give my vase. To Martin for cursing the fucking Tron, what's wrong with you? So I'm actually You're a baby. I'm I'm actually giving mine to the same people but for a different reason. Okay. So I I'm gonna give my flower to Quentin for warning Julia when his friends yes. told him not to. Because I, it's really hard and he's already, they've already given him shit for yeah. like kind of, they feel like taking Julia's side and they're like, what are you talking about? This bitch is crazy. Like she did this horrible thing, does these horrible things to you. She's not your friend, whatever. And I know how hard it is to go against your friends. So for him to do that, I feel like, and then to feel like there wasn't even, he didn't even, she didn't even listen, but like he knew that he did the right thing. So, yeah. and I know that that's hard, especially when you are kind of on the outs with a friend. Like, like Julia done fucked up. Yeah. And they, they are trying to stay friend, but they are yeah. having a rough spot. Yes. Yeah. And I'm going to give my vase to Martin for fucking distracting someone while they're trying to work because it is so annoying when you're trying to focus and people are making stupid noises. Especially when they're doing it on purpose. I'm, I'm looking at you because I'm talking to you, okay. not because you make stupid noises. I, I felt attacked for a moment because no. you looked at me like really like with But I'm thinking eyes. about like, you know, when you're trying to take a test and someone's like tapping their pencil yeah. or like doing some kind of noises yeah. and you're like, stop tapping your foot. I'm going to strangle you. <laughs> like that baby didn't because I was responsible. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> I made a circle motion with my finger. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Florence United. It's me, Seth. Hi, I'm here doing a thing. This is very exciting. All right, so first of all, we have some thank yous to dole out. Um, of course, as always, uh, thanks to Harry Potter and the Sacred Text uh, and to Spirits, our inspiration podcasts that have helped us a lot. Um, also, a special thank you to Vanessa Zoltan for coming on and helping us out with our Lectio Divina. Um, And of course, more thanks, all the thanks to our patrons, um, especially Elliot and all you other folks who have helped us out donating. If you can, thank you so much. If you would like to become uh, a patron, then you can do that on patreon.com slash Florence United. What else? Words are hard. If you have thoughts, feelings grocery lists I don't know whatever you want to send us uh, you could do that on Tumblr or Facebook uh, at Florians United you can also do that on Twitter at Florians with an S S is important 
it's for Seth. Um, and you can also send us your thoughts at FlorianUnited at gmail.com. Uh, please, if you have the time, I know everyone says this, but it's super important uh, if you can review us on iTunes to help us fund the show. It helps us get uh, the numbers, really help us get sponsors and things like that. So if you can do that, take five seconds out of your day. We'd appreciate it. Okay, thank you. You're great. Okay, but if somebody traveled while you were having sex, they would just disappear, right? Like, you wouldn't go with them? But if, like, you're inside of... I have questions. Well, uh, uh, tweet at Sarah Gamble, I guess. (laughs) Wheezing. Never on Twitter, but that's the one time I go on Twitter. (laughs) I have questions. Sportful Production.